every offseason, NFL bettors and fans alike eagerly wait for Warren Sharp's football preview book to drop. It's an annual must-read if you're looking to make money betting on the NFL. And for a limited time, you can get this year's edition for free. That's right, 100% free. To get your free copy, simply search the official Sharp Football Analysis Twitter handle, which is SharpFBAnalysis, and click the link in the bio. This free offer won't last long, so hurry and grab your free copy today. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, we've done it. December, week 13, mm. hitting the back stretch of the season here. Uh, hitting toward fantasy playoffs. Uh, a long way uh, from the start of the season. So how are we doing today? Good. Yeah, you're right. December is here. The the kids' advent calendars are out. They've already opened uh, days of uh, set days on the the countdown here to, to Christmas. We are in the final third of the NFL season. Uh, but we kind of were talking a little. This is like legitimately like maybe the best slate of games we've had this year. And we don't want we said we don't want the recency bias to take over. But there have been a lot of weeks we've done this show, and there's been like, hey, there's one matchup with two teams with a winning record, right? Uh, this week actually has four or five like legitimately really strong games that have a lot of playoff implications, and it it looks good from the top down. Yeah, so this is this is legitimately a good week of football and as we say that we're probably going to end up with some terrible games somehow um but yeah like you said sometimes we go into the show or like which games are we really going to break down and there are legitimate like a lot not only are there like a lot of good games between teams that we actually believe are good it's like games against teams that we've kind of like nerded out about all year like Mm -hmm. we can just get into the 49ers Dolphins <laughs> is like the the matchup that like we've been talking about like all year. Like we've been talking about this Dolphins offense and, and how fun it has been and what has made it fun. We've been talking about the 49ers offense and how it, it's changed up and how the, the Christian McCaffrey thing has, has changed all of that. So we have these two teams going against each other and it's easily like it seems like it should be the most fun game of the week and just how these teams are going to be going against each other. Um, yet especially when you look at like what the Dolphins offense is against this 49ers defense. And we've talked about the 49ers defense a lot and like they are just so good at protecting the middle of the field. I wrote way earlier in the season just kind of about how really no defense asks more about from their linebackers than the 49ers do. And Fred Warner is a big part of that. He's playing so well. He's my first team midseason all pro. It keeps going. He'll be on my full season uh, all pro for linebacker. He's just so good at prote- protecting the middle of the field. When he's on the field, teams just don't throw there. But that is what the entire Dolphins offense is made up of, is these throws to the middle of the field, to the intermediate area. Um, and they're they're so good at hitting those quicker than really any other offense in the league. So the the dynamic between uh, like what these with this offense and that defense is going to do is going to be just a lot of fun to watch to start. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were all all summer when we talked about the Dolphins, you know, the roster construction and how happy we were and we're happy with the results. But this is kind of what we've been honing in on for a couple weeks here as kind of like the litmus test game, right, for the Dolphins. Like, 
I mean, since two has come back, I mean, uh, I wrote about it in Orsi, the, the the best team they faced from a pass defense stance is 22nd in the NFL. Uh, so this is kind of a big jump. On the other hand, too, like it kind of, like I said, it works as a two-way street. Like this 49ers defense we know is inherently good, but the only like really legitimate offense that they faced outside of the Seahawks in week two has been the Chiefs and the the Chiefs kind of went up and down the field on them. So this is kind of a, you know, what wins out here, right? Like the, the, the Miami offense versus the 49ers defense. Um, you know, it's funny that the Dolphins kind of get thought of as like almost like the mini 49ers because of the, you know, Mike McDaniel, but they're doing it in different ways than like the 49ers offense. Like, you know, yeah. you said that, that that quick passing game, it's not all predicated on yak like the 49ers are. Um, they're pushing the ball downfield more than like the 49ers offense does and has. So I'm very curious to see kind of what wins out in this game. Like you said, it's, it's kind of like a, the styles makes fight. We talk about like, I'm very curious to see like who pushes who off of kind of their game, the dolphins offense versus the Niners defense are inversely. Uh, but yeah, I've been ready for the dolphins to have a legitimate defensive test. Like, I mean, this run the past month, like they're, they're playing teams like the Texans, the Browns, the Bears, the Lions. Like, this is it. Put some meat on the bone here. Yeah, it's just it's it's weird because it's one of those things where like they it is a, a good defense that they're playing against, but kind of as you mentioned, the 49ers defense hasn't been as mm-hmm. good as it had been uh, earlier in the season when we were talking about them as like legitimately one of the best defenses in the league. And some injuries have played a part in that, but the the overall quality hasn't been at the, at the tippy top of like what we've seen. Uh, and it's just so interesting because like what we're seeing and what we're going to be looking for is like the, the really good pieces of the 49ers defense. And like Warner is going to be, I think the biggest part, obviously, because it's like that middle part of the field, because the corners you're not completely worried about, right? Like, are they going to play a lot of zone? You're probably not going to man up against the dolphins because oh, no. <laughs> they just, you, cause you don't, but when these teams are in zone, like that's where Tua is, incredible right because they're always throwing to a spot and it's it's so quick and it's hitting so you're not really worried about the corner so a lot of it is going to be how that middle of the field is you know you're going to have Warner there you're going to have Hufanga there probably uh, so you're probably going to be looking at a, a little bit of just how they mix and match what how they plug up um you know, that middle of the field. And that's where the Niners are really good, but also along that defensive line, right? You have Nick Bosa. He's probably, if not the defensive player of the year, he's probably going to be like number two behind Mika Parsons. Um, But then you look at, we have Teron Armstead who may or may not play. Um, And and I know there's been a lot of like going around of of Dolphins, like pressure rate without Armstead on the field. Uh, But most of that also happened earlier in the season with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. Uh, so I think you look at what Tua can do and, and it's going to be a lot, but he, the way he's getting the ball out and we continue to harp on this is just, it can kind of mitigate what Nick Bosa can do, right? Because he's not going to be standing back there. They're not going to be long developing plays. Um, so if there's, you obviously would rather have Toronto Armstead on the field, but it's not like he's going to be doing something. And I know like Tua took a couple sacks once he was out of the game against Houston, but Miami was also just kind of like messing around with the Texans, right? Because they, they not that they didn't care, but like you also, there was that, that clip going around where Mike McDaniel was, uh, was mic'd up and he was like, tell me if I'm crazy. Like, and he said this on the side, tell me if I'm crazy, but like, I think I'm just going to pass on every play on this drive. 
And like, that's how the Dolphins went into that game against the Texans. Like, it, it, and they were screwing around in empty, like they did more empty um, looks than they had in any other game. They were just trying to like see what worked because they were like getting ready to see what they're going to continue to be doing like for the rest of the season. So I'm not overly concerned. Obviously, you would rather have Teron Armstead against Nick Bosa if you're the Dolphins. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be this thing where like Nick Bosa is just like wrecking this offense and the offense isn't going to be able to do anything because they don't have a left tackle. Like the way they play right now has all season long has been like this Dolphins offensive line as a whole is still not good, right? No. It's it's better than it was, but it's the worst unit on the field in this game. Yeah. Easily. But, <laughs> With Taron Armstead. Yes. But because of how quickly Tua has been able to get rid of the ball, how they're still pushing the ball down the field, right? he's releasing the ball under two and a half seconds on average, still has a, a like a nine A dot. And that's just kind of unheard of, right? Like we, we go back to like the Brady thing. That was also like a Carson Palmer thing. I was looking at seasons where like that has happened uh, with that low of a time to throw and like an A dot over nine. And Carson Palmer has like four of those seasons. Um, so it, it's it's still a very like a vertical offense that, that's able to hit there. So I'm not totally sold that like that's going to be one of the biggest factors uh, in this game. Um, and then I, I think on the other side of the ball, it's going to be very interesting because you know we we do have slightly the same types of structure of offense and both of these teams like want to get in, in 21 personnel the the way they do it is very different though but it's interesting that when the 49ers are in 21 and we've kind of talked about it a whole bunch and they use the Kyle Ushek right um they they want to get you in base and Miami right now is a team that like does not live in base a lot, but when they see 21 personnel and they've seen it on 78 plays and a lot of it was uh, against Baltimore, uh, but a lot of it was also, you know, uh, this past game against Houston, Chicago, uh, Minnesota, Buffalo, like th there are teams that have been running out 21 personnel against them. They have gone into base on 98.7% of those plays. And they just don't really have the linebackers to be doing that. And that's against, you know, teams that don't really have the same type of versatility in 21 personnel mm -hmm. um, as, as the 49ers do. And they are 30th in EPA per play um, on defense against 21. So that's definitely going to be a place where I think that the 49ers really heavily go into that uh, and try to manipulate a, a lot of what the Dolphins defense does. And I think that's probably going to slow down that pass rush a little bit. That's been getting just a little better since Bradley Chubb came in um, taken off their defensive backs, which I think some of their defensive backs are, are the best parts of, of that defense. So I think that's a place where even if it's not in the run game, it's still in, in they can spread them out in the passing game. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the biggest concern uh, for the Dolphins in this game is how the 49ers are able to kind of manipulate some of that personnel uh, and make the Dolphins play in a defensive package that they're not very strong with. Yeah, I think when you you hit it on next, so the stuff I was looking at too, yeah, like teams that absolutely just flooded the Miami Dolphins, the, the Ravens and the Bears, they, were, they couldn't stop the Bears in that game. They got some yeah. second half stops and it, it's like, man, they're going to see so much of that stuff, but from better players. Uh, and when you look at, if you just look at kind of the, the four units in this game, uh, offense, defenses, uh, by far the weakest link here is the Miami defense. Uh, 
uh, of the four units. You know, you figure right. you know, offense for offense, defense for defense. This Miami, this Miami defense is by far the softest. You know, they're very mid pack. You know, in terms of like DVOA, they're bad against quarterback play. They play a ton of man coverage, and Jimmy Grapple has been really good against man coverage. A little softer against zone. Uh, the 49ers have a bunch of players that are good against man coverage too. So it's like, yeah, they're going to get a lot of that stuff like the Ravens and Bears are doing, but just way out at a more optimum, like in, in terms of personnel. So that's what I kind of keep coming back to is like, can this Dolphins defense come away with enough stops? Uh, the Saints were able to do, I mean, the Saints kind of showed up last week against the 49ers. I don't know if it was kind of a look ahead game, kind of felt like a little trappy for the 49ers and, uh, they, they kind of let the Saints hang around. If Andy Dalton was able to punch in some of those red zone possessions, maybe that was a, they, the outcome of that game could have been a little different. But it felt like they kind of slept walked through that New Orleans game a little bit last week. Yeah, a little bit. And I think it kind of came through with, you know, McCaffrey ended up not 100%. Some of the, those running backs weren't 100%. So, um, you know, that is part of it. But that McCaffrey uh, expected to play uh, and it'd be okay. It seemed like he said he – uh, was lucky and it did not suffer a serious injury uh, in that game. So he's been practicing this week, expected to play, and, and that'll be big. Um, and and it might oh, be- we're gonna see some Tevin Coleman and some Terry well, Davis. So, Price. So, so, so that was where I, I was going because we kind of <laughs> talked about how because of how good the the 49ers had been and some of their depth at running back that you know McCaffrey didn't have to take on like the 98 percent you know, workload uh, that he had in Carolina. But this might be a game where, where he does have to do that because you're, pro- you're probably, you know, going to need that type. You're probably not going to get the um, the luxury of like running out uh, the end of the game with uh, a Davis price uh, like you were, you know, the past couple of weeks with like a Elijah Mitchell. Um, and I think that, that transforms the 49ers offense a little bit and what they have to do and how often McCaffrey will have to be on the field. But I think that also plays into their advantage because like you said, they can, they can do so many different things um, in, in, in the types of, you know, personnel. We had a, a Jawan Jennings game uh, a little bit. Like yeah. it, 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 the, the, it's the fun thing about the 49ers is they have so many different ways uh, to beat you. And so if they need to come out in 11, we talked about it during their, their playoff run where they really lead into 11, but you still have Juwan Jennings. is not like a number three wide receiver that you like, you would really think of, of, you know, that type of quality. Like he plays like a big tight end. So when they're in 11, it still plays like 12, uh, you know, when they're in 21, it can, it can play like 11. Like it's just the, the ways they, they come out. And I, I'm not sure if the 49ers have, or sorry, I'm not sure if the dolphins have enough, you know, bodies and versatility along their defense that's going to hold up with that. So like that's, that's going to be the most fascinating part. uh, I think, cause I think like we kind of know what the Dolphins offense versus the 49ers defense is going to look like and the strength versus strength there. But I think that the real interesting part, and I think what really swings this game is how well the four, the, Dolphins defense can really hold on to all of the different looks that the 49ers offense is, is going to bring. And I think like that's going to be the differentiating key of like how close this game is going to be. Yeah, 100%. It should be pass heavy script too for both teams. I and mean, both these run defenses are pretty good. 
Uh, So it should be a situation where we actually see a a lot of passing too in this game where you would think like, Oh, you know, Shanahan versus Mike McDaniel would be a lot of right. Listen, the dolphins are bad, are a bad running team offensively. Yeah. I mean, it was cool when you were running on the bears and, and, you know, uh, the Browns, but you know, they're, they're not a good running team and the 49ers are awesome against run. The dolphins defense, actually one of the things they do well is they have been good up front against these running back runs. And even McCaffrey, the carries he's had since joining the 49ers hasn't been hyper efficient. So I think this should be, this could be fun, man. I think this game could get there. I've seen a lot of people in on the under, I think it could be more of a shootout than expected. Yeah. I I think I might lean there too. And it's, so it could be one of those things like how we we know both of these offenses, they're not so much establish the run type plays, right? But they want all of their plays to look the same. And that's what the Shanahan offense has been so often. That's what the McDaniel thing is. So like we also see, we're going to see like probably a, a lot of play action, but both of these quarterbacks so far have been like really good without play action too. Um, so it's just, uh, it, there's, there's so many different layers. And okay, we can probably go into that and, and talk about this game alone for like an hour on the podcast, but well, we shouldn't do that. But it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely probably the matchup I've been most looking forward to. Uh, that four o'clock window is hot this week. I don't know how we're going to, you know, we're going to have to get multiple TV set up for this and, and, you know, Chiefs Bengals and listen that, uh, you know, maybe doesn't have the appeal to the, the real football consumers, but the Raiders chargers is definitely going to be fun as hell. Yeah. That, that's just kind of one of those that's like, it's just, is going to happen if you were watching red zone, like it, there'll be a couple like fun plays from there, but yeah, the, the, Dolphins 49ers and, and in that same uh, time slot is is Chiefs uh, and, and Bengals and it, it's interesting because like that should be a good game it goes back to you know the when they met in the playoffs we had a lot of the the Bengals drop eight and and how they were able to kind of slow down uh, Mahomes and that stuff and it's going to be real interesting going into this game because we have like I don't want to say like the patient Patrick Mahomes but like we kind of do right they kind of saw what so many teams were going to do obviously you, you trade away Tyreek Hill and that was a whole just philosophical shift in what that offense wanted to be but I think we we just see Mahomes right now is just he is more patient uh and willing to you know throw those shorter passes uh and not force some things in so I think like if the Bengals try to go with some of that you know drop eight stuff like Mahomes is going to have an answer and it just kind of seems like that's the way this this team is spread out and I, I wrote about how good this offense has been a couple weeks ago it's still like easily the best in the league um by like just every metric that you could possibly imagine um so they have so many things like the I think the, the big difference in this game between what the playoff game was last year is like they have a legitimately good Travis Kelsey. And we kind of talked about it as we got into last year where you like started to play Travis Kelsey a little more physical. He wasn't able to you know get off the line as explosive as he was in the past. And you can kind of slow that down. That's just, it hasn't been the case this year. Like Travis Kelsey has been playing like as well as Travis Kelsey that has played like potentially in his career. Um, and that's been huge. So I'm not totally sure the Bengals will have someone to stop that. So, but when you look at what the Bengals have been able to do, especially on defense, they they do like matchup and game plan. But I'm not sure like the the playoff strategy is really going to be what they're able to do because I just think the the Chiefs have so many different options to go to 
um, in, in this game. And they also have like the, the Travis Kelsey thing, which they weren't really able to rely on as effectively uh, as they like uh, last season when, when this matchup came up. It's always tough too when you just take a half of football and say like this is the the solution, yeah, right? Right. Like stuff happens. Like a, you know, it's a high variant sport. Uh, you know, and Mahomes in, in, in the first half of that game had thrown three touchdown passes, right? Like you yeah. know, just things happen. Um, the Chiefs have been absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, I, I wrote about it a little bit in the since week seven they have eight hundred and eighty five more yards than their opponent. Uh, by far the largest in the league. The next closest team is plus 500 yards. So like it's it's absolutely just mind boggling. Like the the gap. So like they're almost plus 400, and the next team is plus 500. Uh, absolutely bonkers. This is another game that could be a ton of fun. I mean, both these teams are just throwing the football a ton, which you know again, this stuff, that's kind of football to watch. Uh, but the Chiefs, I do think can, they can get in some power football if they want a little bit. Uh, we'll see, you know, how much they can get into it here because the, the the opponents that they've run on largely have been bad against run, except for when you go back to that Sunday night game against the Bucks, where they kind of just ran all over the Buccaneers. We haven't really seen that kind of come back, that, that offense. I thought we'd see more of that, and we really haven't. But if teams want to, you know, obviously play three down linemen, I think we'll see them try to go back to that a little bit. Uh, they're a little banged up, though, in the backfield. It looks like Jarek McKinnon might not play. We don't know what Melvin Mel Gordon's going to dress and do anything and how much do they trust. Isaiah Pacheco to like in, in these pass pro situations. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of approach the chiefs have in this game overall. And if they have some limitations or they're scared about a guy like Pacheco and pass pro uh, what they do, but they're, they're just kind of like selling. It doesn't matter who's in the ro rotation, right? Whether it's Justin Watson, MVS out there getting exercise, you know, Sky Moore now has kind of worked into like that McCole Hardman one game of Katerius Tony role. Uh, Juju, uh, you know, was limited last week, come off the concussion. I, I imagine he'll be extended out, but it doesn't matter who like the receivers have been. They've kind of rotated yeah. all these guys in the roles and they're getting production out of all these guys. So I'm very excited to see that. And it looks like we're going to get Jamar Chase back at least in some capacity this weekend. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think, uh, one of the fun parts of this uh, game is what that side of the ball looks like, because we have seen, and we've talked about it, some of the development and the adaptation that we've seen from the Bengals offense, right? It's it's still fairly shotgun heavy, right? They've, they've gotten better looks um, out of... Uh, out of what they're doing in the run game, they've been a better run game from shotgun, which they weren't able to do at all um, earlier in the season. So, and that's been without Mixon. I think we should be getting Mixon back also. So like, how does that um, it had come in? Because like, they've been able to create some uh, explosive plays a little bit and there. Uh, I think they had six passes of, of 20 yards or, or more uh, last week. And the three in the first half were to Hayden Hurst and I think two to Samaje Piran. So they were able to get some different looks. And then when they really needed to score at the end of the game, the three 20-yard plays were to T. Higgins, right? And they were, uh, we're, we're going to go back to the go routes down the sideline. We know we have this physical guy who's going to win. So they've been able to kind of do do both, right? They've been able to go back to the, the 2021 Bengals of what they throw deep down the sideline. That's how we're going to create our explosive plays. But there have been different other ways where they've been able to do it. So I think, and we talked about them them in empty how they're they're doing it less but doing it better we talked about that last week i still think that's a big thing so i think they just have so many different ways now to win and it really is like we've harped on 
uh, you know, Zach Taylor uh, for, you know, how static some of this is and how much, but like they really have done a good job of uh, adapting throughout the season. And I think that the Bengals are one of these other teams that now have so many different ways to beat you. Um, and when things aren't working in the way where like that, we have just talent better than you, um, that's going to be a thing. And so also when we look at what this chief's, defense has been and and it's been you know kind of up and down throughout the season you got it it's steve spagnolo and this is the spags defense like they they make plays kind of when they have to uh get slashed basically every other rest of their times <laughs> right but is this a you know a steve spagnolo a defense that's going to be able to um just hold off and and not blitz uh quite as much because like that's what he does but we know um you know, you just you don't blitz. Uh, you you can't blitz the burrow, right? And, and that's just kind of one of those things. Right now, the the Chiefs are eleventh uh, in blitz rate, which is just down a, a little bit. So they have been able to you know hold themselves a little bit. Like, are are they going to be able to stay patient enough um, and kind of holding coverage because that's kind of where they've needed to get the pass rush. Also, like we just don't have this the same type of, of guys who were winning consistently obviously you have chris jones who's just been wrecking stuff from the interior but yeah, there's still a little left uh to be desired from the edges um so are they going to be comfortable enough just kind of hoping for the best there um or do they they try to risk it a little bit um and that's kind of always the the, the line you're, you're towing with with spagnolo so i think like that's going to be a very fun matchup too um and yeah, having Jamar Chase come back, and I think like it's kind of a, a blessing in disguise. I think a, a little bit that they were able to kind of figure out how to have an offense without overly relying on Chase, uh, because we kind of saw like that can kind of be uh, that fallback that they kind of they get themselves into and be like, oh well, we have Jamar Chase, we just throw to him just all, all the time. Yeah, that uh, first that, game without him was uh, like, uh oh. Like, oh, oh man, what are we going right, to do that, but, that Monday but, night game? And then, yeah, they figured it out since. <laughs> yeah, but quickly they, they were able to figure it out. And obviously, yeah. you know, T Higgins is, is very good. Um, and so like, that's just been, it, it's been a very fun development for the Bengals and something that I'll be honest, did, I did not think they had really had that in them. Uh, and the fact they have right now and, and we kind of talked about how how important that Titans game was last year and like they're they're pretty much set up for for a playoff spot uh, you know win or lose in, in this game but I think we'll, we'll see how they stack up against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are, are still that team um, after all this time it's they're they're still the measuring stick team because they're probably you know the best team in the league right now um, so I think this is going to be another you know really fun matchup. Yeah, I mean the Bengals still. I mean they still. It's it's rough. Like they got this. That was a huge them getting the, that seventh win last week because I mean it's still rough. I mean you know if you you know you still have the Chiefs you know at home this weekend. If you can pull that one out, obviously that's gonna basically maybe cement you in. But I mean you lose that and you still have the Browns who kind of had Burrow's number. You know you still have the Bucks. You still have the Bills on the schedule. You still have another Ravens game. Like it's still rough. Like this is still rough. The you know let's see if they keep pulling out these tough wins. Yeah, so for 538 right now, the Bengals have a 75% chance uh, to make the playoffs. Even with a loss, that's still at 64%. Um, I think it helps. We're re recording this on, on Friday morning now. We usually record this on Thursday before the Thursday night game. I think it does help that the, the Patriots. Patriots lost. Yeah, I love um, Patriots. I, I mean, listen. 
It, right. We weren't <laughs> totally scared uh, about the, the Patriots at all. Um, no. You know, and obviously we saw why last night. Um, but I think that that obviously helps the Bengals uh, trying to get one of those wild card spots. Um, obviously, with with what the Ravens are doing, like the Ravens are still really good, and we're not, we're not going to talk about them this week. But the Ravens are still really good. It's just like I just left a bunch of plays on the field. Last yeah, week. I mean you're in the red zone that many times, and you're kicking field goals. Uh, listen, the Jags though, baby, coming. I was like, listen, we were here before the bye. I was like, you know, the Jags are my pick to finish the season strong. Uh, don't blow it, Jags, this week against the Lions. Don't don't make me feel good for a week and then go out and lose the Lions. Yeah, it was it was. <laughs> yeah, you, I still because no. I still kind of want to be bold and say like they. I think they they legitimately still have an outside shot to win the division. They still have both Titans. They they still have both Titans games left. And the Titans are like the Bengals. Like you look at the Titans schedule the rest of the way, and it's not it's not great. I mean, it's it's really like I mean, you look this week they play the Eagles, then they play the Jaguars heads up, they play the Chargers, they play the Cowboys still. Like I still I, I I'm not gonna say the Jags are I feel like they're live, and I think I would sprinkle a little bit on them so they win a division. All right, watch so, them lose to the Lions though. Watch them come out after I go on this and so, lose to the damn Lions. Yeah, so five thirty-eight has uh the Titans as a ninety yeah, sure six percent chance uh sure. to win the division. So yeah, looking good. I'm just saying I'm 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 galaxy branding this in my head that Jags win this weekend. They're what? They're they're a game and a half back with two heads up. The problem is the Jags' um, defense is absolutely horrible. Yeah, that and that has has not been good. There's been a, a lot of things <laughs> going back and forth. Like they have, you know, I just want to believe, man. I just want to believe. And, and we kind of talked about it last week. They have one good corner and Tyson Campbell, who's been playing pretty well. Um, you know, they're pulling, uh, you know, linebackers uh, off the fields uh, because uh, they can't play. It's it's it hasn't been great. The the defensive front has not been as good as you would hope. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the Jaguars are kind of where we hoped. It, it, it took a while and, and it very it circular way to get here, but the Jaguars are probably in a place where we kind of hoped they would be, where the things are developing on offense, right? And and that fourth quarter from Trevor Lawrence is like exactly w- what we wanted. Um, there were so many good plays, and I had in first and ten, I had like five of those. The he was awesome the week the against the Chiefs too. The week before, he has he has been good. Like, and, and that's the thing with Lawrence is like he's he's been really good from a process standpoint. Obviously, there were you know some of the the red zone stuff and the turnovers. I and he almost had a uh, a sack fumble that could have changed the game in the fourth quarter on one of those the final drives that the uh, the Jaguars were able to recover. Uh, so that was able to allow them to, to continue to drive. But yeah, I mean they, they they've been fun. Um, it's just one of those things I, where they, they, they just need more pieces. <laughs> it's fine uh, because, like, they they are they are a fun team, and and it's one of those things where I think like we have seen enough from Trevor Lawrence. Where it's again, it's another one of those things that we talked about throughout the the season, where like Christian Kirk is a, a good wide receiver, but you still you know need to add someone when you have Christian Kirk as your number one like you shouldn't be doing that but you know we'll see what Kevin Ridley is next year like this team is is still in a position where it, it can be adding so I think we've seen enough um 
you know, enough hope and there's enough optimism here of like this should continue to develop as we go forward. But and, let's and talk. The same, same thing for the Lions. I mean, listen, on Thanksgiving Day, yeah. they, they had a legit shot to win that game. Uh, yeah, the Lions are a team that um, it's it's going to be fun and you still kind of see the, the limits of what having Jared Goff as your quarterback uh, it can be. But you know, we're seeing, you know, Mon Ross St. Brown, like – Rich has been Jameson's uh, coming. The, yeah, Rich yeah. has been uh, on top of the uh, the St. Brown, uh, really just break out and being good for for a while, and like that is completely like third downs. Like he's just like he's getting the ball. Um, so we saw a little bit of you know some DJ Chark coming back. Uh, yeah, like you said, we'll we'll get Jameson Williams at, at some point. Like this this is a fun. This is what we did want to see from the Lions. This is a fun building piece. Obviously, like there was a lot of hype around them this year. It didn't completely, you know, come out in wins, but again, it's circular away. It kind of came around to what we want to yeah, see. Just like the Jags, kind of like they're kind of in very similar spots. And it's fun yeah. that they're playing this week. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an exciting game and nothing that should matter for 2022. Uh, but things we can probably get overhyped for uh, in 2023 are just going to be uh, what these two teams are. So let's let's go back to but the maybe. Titans because. <laughs> but maybe and, the Titans lose. Yeah, there you go. You got you got your four percent chance there. You're you're right. Um, so let, let's go back to the Titans because this is a very interesting game between. If you want to go like a strength versus strength here, yes. If you look at what the Eagles have been able to do on the ground, uh, and just like over three hundred eighty yards, one hundred fifty yards from Hertz and and Miles Sanders last week, we hadn't had that as much. Like the remember, like the, the last half of twenty twenty two, they were doing that not to that quite degree, but that weekly, like they were rushing for 200 yards a week and they kind of wasn't the, the, the game plan this to start the year. And they haven't really steamrolled the team like they did on Sunday night on the ground uh, yet this season. That was the first time we got that. Yeah. And now they're going against uh, a Titans defense <laughs> yeah. that one of the best run defenses in the league. And we talked about it a little bit last week and it's just really fun how they do it. Right. They're, they're not, a team that's like over committing these resources to stopping the run. They're just really good at it. And especially along the defensive line, uh, obviously you have Jeffrey Simmons. He's, he's just been great. They have uh, uh, Tier Tart, uh, I think uh, on the defensive line also, who's, who's been really good. So they, they just have some pieces that they, they just get penetration there. I think that might be a little tougher against an Eagles offensive line. That's just incredible. Um, and they, you know, that defensive line does, does, does a lot of work and it allows the, the linebackers to, to be good and, and have some of those, you know, run fits. Um, and, you know, David Long has, has been so good. And we, we kind of talked about that last week. So going back and forth between, um, this this rush uh, rushing offense and this early down run defense because one of the other things is the the titans are so good on those early downs it allows them to completely unleash some stuff on third down they have one of the best third down defenses in the league this year i think they have the lowest third down conversion rate allowed and they're doing that by playing like 77 I think 77 and a half percent of their third down defense this year comes in dime um so they are using you know those, those light boxes and stopping the run on early downs and they're just throwing all these defensive backs on the field um on the third down and it's really changing up the looks and they do so many fun things like around the line of scrimmage and against the the Bengals, like the the first 
couple of third downs they had in that game just kind of put them in hell and they they change up a lot of the looks they're they're pushing up like david long who's usually the lone linebacker because they're in dime so often they're putting him like in the middle of the defense they're using some of the the overload things and just screwing around with with protections and they usually don't blitz at all so you're still wasting uh, offensive linemen here while you're only rushing four, but they still like get a free rusher. That usually leads to some of those rushing, uh, uh, a hurried up pass attempt. Um, and then they just have so many defensive backs in coverage that even if you complete the pass, it doesn't really matter. And it's like, oh, some of the things they're doing on third down is so much fun. And if that's going to be a key to stopping what this Eagles offense can do, right? Because like, the Eagles have been over the past couple of weeks have been really okay with, yeah, we're, we're going to run it because we know we're more physical than you. Um, and then they haven't really been in a lot of like third and long type situations. Uh, and you know, they, they haven't, Jalen Hurts has been a much better passer this year, but they still haven't like overly relied on him throwing the ball to like get them through games. And I think this might be uh, a game where they they might have to do that if there are uh, some more struggles uh, in the run game, which the Eagles just haven't really had to deal with uh, much this season. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the Titans approach this. You said the Titans they blitz at the lowest rate in the NFL, but they're number one in pressure rate when they do yeah. blitz. Yeah, they do dial blitzes. And that's kind of been the one area where we've seen teams kind of get aggressive with Jalen Hurts. And it's not that he's been bad against the blitz, but his game completely changes against the blitz. Yeah, you know, his a dot is is absolutely at the bottom of the league when teams do blitz. Uh, I think it's only ahead of uh, Trevor Lawrence and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Whereas, you know, when he stands back and when teams don't blitz, it's when you're getting the vertical plays, the vertical passing plays. Uh, you know, out of the out of the Eagles' offense, so I'm curious to see how they approach it. They, I mean, the Titans have been a pass funnel defense the entire year. They've, it's and it's part game script. They've been ahead. I think they're third in the NFL in, in amount of snaps led, and then their run defense is so good. So you put those two things together, and teams are just forced to have to try to throw on them. Uh, so I'm curious to see how the Eagles, you know, are able to combat that. He says big strength for strength game. Uh, and but you would want to say like all right push the ball downfield the Titans you talk about the Bengals uh you know having the the six plays of 20 or more yards last week well i mean no team is as bad defending the vertical pass as the Titans are and it's interesting cuz they have solid cornerback play but they give up just chunk plays they're they're last in the NFL completion rate on on deep throws they will give up splash plays uh so it is going to be interesting to see how that fits out i'm more curious too about the Titans offense the, the state that they're in uh, we've talked about it a few times right. on the podcast for the course of the year. Like they're not a good running team as the mis- despite like misconception, you think like having Derrick Henry just, you know, Hey, they're just giving it to Derrick Henry 20 times a game. They're running over people. All Derrick Henry's production has come on breakaway runs this year. And he hasn't had the breakaway runs the last couple weeks and his production has plummeted. We've seen the Titans be a little more aggressive uh, over the past three weeks, their pass rate, uh, is uh, versus expectation is minus 1%, which and you say is still not even equal. But prior to that, it was minus 12%. Yeah. So like it's for in context of the Tennessee Titans offense, they've had to go a little more pass heavy here because their early down run game is, is miserable right now. And then the other token of that too, is that the Eagles have been so bad against the run, but they might get Jordan Davis back this week. We've seen them throw Linval Joseph and, and Dominican Sua in the field for snaps, which worked two weeks ago against Jonathan Taylor and last week, not so much against the Packers, but I'm very curious to see how the Titans offense kind of calibrates this game. 
yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And he said right now the Titans are twenty sixth uh, in EPA per rush, and that's just that again for it's not totally surprising, but for a team that so heavily relies um, on the run, it's it, it it puts you into some of those third and long situations. They're also twenty six. They're just on on early down runs uh, right now, and you know so much of that is is under center. They're only you know thirty seven percent from shotgun uh, in those plays. So it's just it, it's a tough place to live when those long runs aren't coming. And obviously, like they they did have that long run last week. Uh, it ends up being the the fumble and Traylon Burks touchdown. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. I think we are starting to see them be a little more comfortable in the passing game as Traylon Burks has gotten more time on the field. Um, and he's been like, uh, when he's on the field has been legitimately good. Uh, it's been as a wide know, receiver too. Yes. Like, you know, that was kind of the thing coming into the draft process was like, Oh, you've got this guy who's built like uh, an NFL alpha receiver, but everything has to be manufactured. That has not been the case. No, no, they're they're running like legitimate pass routes, and he's been he's been really good. And I think that's one of those things where like it, it opens up some other things. Um, yeah, you know, right. Like Robert Woods has been okay, um, but like he can be you know the second or, or third option. Um, it's the same thing with uh, Nick Westbrook Akine. Like he doesn't have to be the the number one option uh, when Traylon Burks is on the field. So I think that helps uh, you know quite a bit. Um, so if this, but the other thing is, would do you want to throw against the Eagles? That's, um, yep. <laughs> uh, James Bradbury right now is probably probably as well as any corner in the league right now. Darius Slay has also been up there, some up and down over the past the couple weeks, but like the the outside corners are so good. Obviously, with C.J. Gardner Johnson out, there's a little bit of. Um, and Maddox is slot too, I believe. Yeah. So there's there's some there's some holes in the slot there. Um, if they're doing it, but um, you know, obviously they still have you know some some okay safety play, but like that's not you're not really worried about the safeties when you're playing in Tennessee. But right now, if you have like those two guys uh, at, at corner, like they are just they're playing so well, and like that's going to be a bit of a struggle too. So if that run game isn't able to get going and he said if, if Jordan Davis just plays like a little bit just to even take up space, right? He doesn't even have to be good. And that's kind of one of the things of, of Jordan Davis. He's just, he's so big. Um, the, the ability to take up space and, and create some holes for other players to to get in those gaps uh, and fit the run. Like that, that's what he does. Um, so, and is this, this might be a, a like a, a pretty low scoring thing it's kind of one of those things where we say that like the titans kind of always drag the opponent down uh kind of <laughs> into the muck with them and it's just uh, it's going to be one of those things where uh if neither team can really get the run going it, it might be it's going to be fairly interesting of, of how how offense is really manufactured in this game because i think it's going to be uh kind of a, a potentially a, a war of attrition uh with with all of these the the both sides of of these lines going at each other yeah definitely this is a this is probably the 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 non-fantasy marquee one o'clock game <laughs> right yeah you probably don't want the any uh, of these fantasy options really really going into this game uh, we get an arthur Juan revenge game though there's gonna be something there 
Yeah, I mean that that's that's going to be fun. Obviously, he was you know dealing with an illness uh, the last game. Hey, Quez um, Watkins has a touchdown back to back games, Dan. Here we go. So that that's another one of those fun things where like they they haven't been able to you know go into twelve quite as much. Uh, they've been you know running some more. Yeah, last Latin. week they got they just went three wide. Yeah, and and that that's fine. It's it's still spread some things out uh for the run game. Uh again, potentially wider boxes and, the, and obviously, Yeah, and and obviously um you know, the Tennessee is going to be using the light boxes um anyway, uh but it's yeah, it's just going to be interesting, you know, push and pull, but having those types of, you know, secondary options who can now win in the pass game and being able to use them, um I think that could be a lot of fun. So, yeah, big Quez Watkins game coming. As could always. be, man. Listen, we talk about the Titans. They give up big plays. Could be another. They could be three in a row for Quez. Um. So. Yeah, that that'll be a fun game. But like, it's it's kind of between you know teams that have already, like they're they're going to be in the playoffs. So it's not like a, a it's it's a fun game. Um, that we have two good teams going against each other, but it, it's not so much. Um, you know, a Unless game that's really going to matter. <laughs> There we go. We're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep uh keep hitting that it when it happens. Um <laughs> one game that is very big for playoff odds, and it basically a, it's almost like a pseudo playoff game, as we all expected oh. in week 13, Commanders Giants. So right now per 538, um Washington has a 66% chance to make the playoffs. The Giants have a 50% chance. Um, if Washington wins this game, they go up to 88% while the Giants go down to 27%. Um, if the Giants win, Washington goes down to 45% while the Giants go up to 73%. So this is like, this is yeah. almost a playoff game. This is almost a, a win and in uh, a type of game uh, with how the schedules are, are going here. I'm still not sure where either one of these teams is actually good. They are. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, this is going to be like, the, these teams are also, they're playing for like the early Saturday. Um, oh, this, yeah. Whoever <laughs> wins this game, man. There's like the old Texan slot. Uh, yeah, but like it's it's still an, an interesting game because of how these teams kind of match up against each other. Um, you know, we're, we kind of talked about it last week. We're not sold on the Taylor Heineke experience, but the one thing he does is throw to Terry McLaurin, uh, and good things happen uh, when when you do that. Um, you know, McLaurin's uh, we talked about it last week. His uh, his target share is way up, uh, while like still doing the exact same thing. He just has a much higher target share. Uh, it's like almost doubled uh, the percentage of the team air yards. But like nothing else has changed in what Terry McLaurin is doing. He's just getting the ball more. Obviously, that helps. Giants don't have a number one corner. Um, there's no one who's going to cover Terry McLaurin. So this just you know, could be uh, potentially you know, they just spam that until you can stop it. And and I'm not totally sure. They can do that, and obviously, there's. You but know, will the, they do that? Because they listen with Heineke, they are not about throwing the football. That's also true. Um, but I wrote about it. it. Yeah, I mean, since Heineke, they're nine percent below pass rate expectation with Heineke. Uh, they were dead even with Carson Wentz. The he has one game with over twenty five pass attempts, or you know, team targets available. It's yeah, I, th- that's the game plan. I agree with you. Just listen. Just go and be aggressive. Let Terry McLaurin cook. But will they do that? 
<laughs> yeah, and that's, that's certainly going to be the question. And when you look at, you know, Heineke hasn't been great. He's 29th in, in EPA. There's uh, Justin before. Bevin Wentz, the Nets that's fooling people. Right. And, and when you, you know, it, when that's the type of bar you have to clear, obviously, right? <laughs> they're, they're pretty much the same quarterback, but one throws to Terry McLaurin and, and one doesn't. <laughs> and like that, that's really honestly been the difference. Um, but when you look at, you know, the, the Giants defense, obviously they're, they're going to blitz a whole lot and Heineke hasn't been good against the blitz, but he hasn't been disastrous. Uh, right. It's, it's been fine. Um, so that it's kind of a, a wash there. Um, but what's going to be they interesting can is, run the ball. That's the biggest thing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, like the Giants don't have linebackers, but Dexter Lawrence um, and Leonard Williams have been playing pretty well. So you have that, uh, you know, going up the middle. Uh, you can still, you know, get had on the edges a little bit. What's going to be interesting, I think, is the other side uh, of the ball, where over the past couple of weeks, we've kind of seen the Giants revert back to what like the 2020 and 2021 versions looked like because the offensive line was just in shambles uh and when you are so reliant on you know getting some of those explosive runs or at least not having the negative runs uh that they had so often those past two seasons um and it, it was hard because Barkley was just continually getting hit that at the line of scrimmage a lot of runs for loss and it just kind of looks like it's just one of those things where you have nowhere to run uh there's really no other passing element that you can build off of that uh, but the Giants are going to be healthier at offensive line and healthier than they have been the past couple of weeks. Um, Evan Neal should be coming back. They should get some some interior guys back also. So this is going to be a relatively healthy offensive line. But if there's one piece of the Washington defense that has been playing like up to expectation or even above, it's this Washington defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, John Allen has been uh, incredible. Probably should get some like all pro consideration. I know when I was doing like the, the midseason all pro team, like there were so many good interior defensive linemen. Like that might have been like the deepest position um, that I had to write up. So he was just off the list, but probably is going to be on it by the end of the season. Like he's just wrecking things. Deron Payne has been really good. Um, you're creating some interior penetration. We have no idea what, you know, a Chasey Young is going to add if he does play a little bit. But Montez Sweat has been really good um, on the edge. So, like, that is that is a place where Washington has gotten the advantage in a lot of these games. They've just been able to wreck um, on the defensive line. And if the Giants can't get anything going there, and even with a healthier offensive line, if the run game still struggles a little bit, uh, then you're asking Daniel Jones to to pass a little bit, and you don't have any wide receivers to do that, and it just kind of goes into kind of the the talent deficiency that we kind of expected at the beginning of the season that they were able to cover up through most of the season, but it's just kind of they're coming back to them now. Yeah, I mean the Giants can't run the football; it's really hard to have any faith, uh, you know, in their offense, and that's really really all it comes down to at this point. Uh, I will give them a ton of credit, though, because that Thanksgiving game, they had no business making that as close to what it is. And that's just a testament, I believe, into believing they're on the right track, right, with the organization. Um, what they had to put on the field in terms of the players they were missing in that game. They, they, they gave a fight to Dallas as long as they could in that game. Um, and, you know, they ended up covering, too. So we love that <laughs> when teams still cover. Because it's a testament, man. If you can cover us. And good teams cover. Great teams win. That's all right. We'll take the we'll, we'll take the the former if we're if we're in the laying these laying or taking these points here. 
But, uh, yeah, if they can stop the run, and that's what Washington does. They stop the run really well. They've been really good against running back carries the whole lane. If you're going to do that against the Giants and force them to throw, they just don't have the weaponry to create explosive plays. I mean, they're dead last in the NFL in creating explosive pass plays. That's really, like, the one area where Washington is kind of vulnerable, right, is giving up explosive pass plays. So it's hard to see where it lines up, but Giants definitely are on the path, though. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of one of those where they've already exceeded, you know, expectations of what we were kind of expecting over the past. But even in the loss, like I said, Thanksgiving, like that was, man, they were out there fighting. Yeah, it it is. It's it's one of those things where it's been, uh, yeah, like you kind of said, like even when they are going to lose, like they're they're not going to look embarrassed, and I don't really think that's you know been the case. What what I do think is interesting is how much if the the running back run game doesn't go do we see a little bit more of the quarterback run game a little bit because that's been part of the offense and obviously like D'Angelo Jones has, has taken some hits obviously with the offensive line hasn't been um as good but they have not been running him quite as often since week nine um Daniel Jones only has six scrambles that's a 5.6 percent the scramble rate uh and eight design rushes um and they were, you know, spamming those um, early in the season. Uh, he would have those those bootleg plays where, you know, it, it was a pass play, but if there was no one on him, he, he would just take off and run. And that's where they got a lot of space. That's kind of where a lot of chunk gains were coming from. That opened up some things for for Barkley. Also, um, they just haven't been going to that and, and maybe it's you know they they don't want to overly rely on that there's only you know so many and he's a guy who's going to take a hit too um you know he's not one of these you know kyler or lamar runners with spatial awareness and is going to slide and avoid a, an open field hit um he's not not one of those guys that's not his strength um so maybe they, they don't want to get carried away there but i i think against washington a team that probably you know with some of the aggressiveness they have on the defensive line, you can probably get away with some of these, you know, quarterback runs that could get some, some chunk gains and help you know, open some things up. So uh, I would, I'd like to see a little bit more of that uh, for them. And maybe that's how they, you know, create a little bit of a spark on offense uh, in this game. They're, they're going to have to, like I said, it's definitely, they're going into a, a strength for strength situation. I don't even know if we can call it an actual strength for, <laughs> for the giants. It's just what they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's one of those things um so i think the only other game really want to touch on and we're getting through these uh jets and and vikings which is somehow a uh a more interesting game than than it would have been jets obviously were were helped out with the the patriots loss um on thursday night so right now jets have a 55 percent chance uh to make the playoffs uh per 538 uh that drops down to 46 percent uh with a loss here against minnesota but you know so mike white i guess we we kind of have to right we have to get into this. Uh, mike white showed what this offense should have been like the whole time right like mike white did not do anything individually impressive um you know, he had like a 78% completion percentage, but I wrote this in first and 10. Also, he had a 74% expected completion percentage, right? Which was the highest uh, among quarterbacks last week. So we saw like what this scheme should be able to accomplish. And just when you're able to do that without screwing it up and trying to do too much, 
like this offense can create yards. Like Garrett Wilson was running wide open. Um, we had Elijah Moore plays, right? Um, so it's just one of those things where I we can expect passing production because this offense is should be able to do that just because of how it should be schemed up. Um you know, the running game might be a concern now. We have some injuries to, to Michael Carter. We're going to see uh, um, uh, Donovan Knight. Um, so that is probably, you know, not what you want. Um, but I think, like, we are at least going to see what a competent Jets offense can be along with this Jets defense, which I think should be able to keep them in games, right? They're not going to have a part of the game that is actively working against them and i think like that's what mike white represents here yeah i mean listen i'm willing to give mike white another run out this week just because the vikings pass defense is so bad and they just play so much zone coverage i think there'll be an opportunity here for him again to dink and dunk kind of his way down the field and have a high completion rate yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll catch up eventually when they have to start playing some of these real pass defenses. I don't want right. to really. That's what happened last time Mike White came in, right? He had that yeah. huge game against uh, the Bucks, uh, where he basically did the same thing, had like a four A dot. They had like 300 passing yards and, and then reality that eventually set in. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious for the, the Jets. Defense. But one last thing on the, the Mike White thing is like, like, holy shit, this bears defense though. Like, this... <laughs> yeah. The, the Bears defense right now is equivalent to the player. The personnel they're putting on the field is equivalent to what the Rams offense is putting on the field. Like these are all preseason players. Like now Eddie Jackson's out too. He got hurt in that, that the play, the second Garrett Wilson yeah. touchdown, which probably would have been a tackle at that point. But like they're, they're literally, these are just preseason guys. Like these are guys in uniform. Like the, these are not NFL starters. Like they have maybe like two or three guys on this defense that are going to be, that should be on their team next year uh, in, in an active role. So the Vikings have a little bit more capability than I think what the bears will have, but this is not a defense to be scared of. Like structurally we've been talking, I've been talking about for weeks about the Vikings, like, and then all that, all that touchdown rate stuff was caught up to them too, that they were kind of getting by like Ben, but don't break. And that's kind of the doors have kind of opened up on that. But afterwards when they start playing like the bills you know maybe we'll see something change you know i guess maybe not the rest of their schedule is actually kind of bad um but i am curious about the jets defense because we really only see them play one good offense and like we're their team too like they're we know inherently they're good right but like you're not going to give up 10 points to everybody so right yeah you know so like yeah in the vikings we saw them really kirk cousins man we were kind of, you know, anti the play of Kirk Cousins, but on Thanksgiving, he was, he was awesome. So like, if he can string it together again here, uh, well, I'm very curious to see how he plays again against another, you know, potentially good defense. Um, that's kind of looking, I'm looking at the jet, the jets defense versus Viking offense though. Yeah. And that, that's what I was saying. Like Cousins always has, like, has that. Oh, in yeah. him. And I, I think it, it helps. And as we've talked about, like the, the offense has just been expanded over the past couple of weeks. And you, so you have more downfield options. Um, I think they're, they're running a little bit more 12 too, um, which I think kind of helps in, in a lot of their, their types of, of structures and, and what they want to do. Um, and that's uh, again, allowing some other players to run some of those shorter stuff. And then you allowed to have Justin Jefferson now in the, the intermediate and, and deep game. And when you have that, like he's going to beat basically anyone. Um, uh, but we'll see. Like, uh, I think we're going to get some 
uh, Justin Jefferson, Sauce Gardner matchups here, but also like if we don't, we get Justin Jefferson, DJ Reed, and DJ Reed has been really good too. Um, and I think like that I, that'll be just a kind of a, a fun matchup. So if like they are selling out to stop Jefferson, do they have enough to kind of like is this just going to be a, like a spam TJ Hawkinson and, and AJ uh, Adam Thielen um, type of game? Um, I'm curious too about the Jefferson stuff because you know the Jets don't play a lot of man coverage, right? And you know, you know that obviously that will be the big matchup coming in, right? Sauce versus Jefferson. Uh, you know, the, and the Vikings move can move move Jefferson around a lot. They give him a lot of you know on the route tree. He runs a lot of different things. So like, I'm curious to see like if uh, you know what they scheme up for him here in this matchup, or even what Robert Slaw does to kind of combat Justin Jefferson. So I think that's the more intriguing element of this matchup to me is Jets defense, wash uh, Minnesota offense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, how, how much are they going to do? Like, they, they do like to run a bunch of quarters, but they're still, you know, heavy into some cover three things, but probably have, you know, that safety over the top of, of Jefferson. It's going to be a, it's a very fun matchup. And uh, is everything going to be, de- like, if we're talking about a defensive line that can derail an offense, like this Jets defensive line against the Minnesota offensive line, is that's the, the probably the biggest mismatch in this game. Um, you have Quinn and Williams, who is playing the incredible, another one of those interior defenders who's just wrecking stuff, uh, uh, just putting up the sacks and, and quarterback hits just completely. Uh, and, and the edge rushers are, are playing well too. And it's just kind of all around. So they just have, um, you know, in so many different ways to, to win there and, and they can, mix up some of the looks that they have going on um so but if if quinn williams can just kind of wreck this game up the interior and you know the the minnesota has not been good in the interior line they've had some the issues at guard um so if they're just going to continually get some like interior pressure or even you're just kind of blowing up some some run game uh there that that could be a big shift and, and stopping you know some of what Minnesota has been able to do down the field, right? If, if you're getting pressured that quickly, um, you might be able not to develop uh, some of that stuff that that's happening down the field. So I, that is going to be, I think the, the one of the big matchups to watch also uh, is what, you know, Quinton Williams, that defensive line can do. Cause that completely, that can completely wreck uh, whatever Minnesota ideally would want to do uh, regardless of the, you know, wide receiver cornerback matchups uh, that we see in this game. So, here we go. Fun, yeah, fun week. Games. Like yeah. we we went through the bunch. We weren't straining to to talk about a game this week, and and that has been a uh, we've we've had a low bar uh, to set for for some of these weeks. But uh, this was a legitimately fun one. So I I am excited to uh, to see what's what's going on uh, as we get some of these games this weekend. So uh, we are going to end the show here. Uh, reminder you can find all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com we do have some weekly fantasy packages that are, are going up on uh the site we can be getting if you have going into you know the playoff run or you just want to be looking at you know what sh- you should be doing for dfs if you're not in a playoff run uh for fantasy you can be getting access to all of rich's work which is the worksheet a whole bunch of, of other things that we have going on on the site i would highly uh, recommend that um, you can find Rich on Twitter at Ward Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again soon. <laughs>